What's going on, Sea Red Nation? This is the Bloody Horns Podcast brought to you by Justin. I'm your host, coming at you live right after the 124-107 victory by the Bulls to close out the preseason. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good about this team heading into the season here. Um, let's start off. Let's talk about Patrick Williams. I mean, I've been kind of getting into it with people on Twitter over Patrick Williams just because so many kids, or not so many kids, so many people are down on the kid. I see people everywhere like, get him off the team. One guy tweeted at me today, he's only good when the other two guys are out. He's got to go, which to me, that's that's a reason he should stay if he's at his best when we're missing DeMar and Zach. I mean, DeMar and Zach ain't going to play all 82 games. Want somebody in, in there who's able to pick up the slack a little bit. Pat Williams showed tonight he can be that dude. So I'm not a huge Pat Williams believer. I've said every single podcast, I do not think he is the next Kawhi Leonard. I do not think he is going to average 25 points a game. That being said, I feel like on Bulls Twitter, I'm turning into his biggest defender because I just see so much negativity around the kid. And I thought tonight was a really good example of what you're going to get out of Patrick Williams at his best. His athleticism, we forget how athletic he is. He's a totally different player when he's attacking the hoop like that, when he's throwing down those kind of dunks. He had two posters in this game. I haven't seen him be that aggressive in a minute. He was hitting the offensive glass nicely. He was uh, spotting up for three. There were a couple times he was the pick guy and he'd hit a hard roll after. That's the Patrick Williams stuff we need to see. I personally think that we're going to see Javante Green as the starting four to start the year off. I think tonight kind of solidified that. You saw how he changed the game once he checked in. But by no means is that uh, is that spot cemented for Javante. Patrick Williams 100% can earn that spot back. I mean, I might even be wrong. He might even still end up as the starter for the opening game against the Heat. He might be a little bit of a better matchup for the Heat than Javante. But I would say based on the preseason, it looks like Javante is going to be the starter at the four. That does not mean Patrick Williams is a bust. Bust is, it's an easy word to throw around when a player is not living up to expectations. Personally, I don't define Patrick Williams as a bust. His rookie year, I thought he did a lot of good things. I saw different quotes. I remember after they played the Lakers, LeBron said, uh, said you got to watch out for Patrick Williams. That's always a ringing endorsement. After they played the Clippers, Kawhi came out and was saying Patrick Williams is going to be a player in this league someday. And Kawhi's a quiet dude, so when he gives you props, that really means something. So rookie Patrick Williams, we saw enough flashes. And uh, then last year, I mean, it was the first game of the year, and he went out. He tried to throw that dunk down. He broke his wrist. He missed most of the year. And now this year, he's coming into year three, having played, you know, not even 100 games yet. And this fan base is already turning on him. This fan base is already calling him a bust, telling him they expected Kawhi Leonard out of it. I think you guys just got to temper your expectations a little bit. Just let the kid play. Let the kid grow. Let his confidence build. If he can come in and he can play with DeMar and Zach and play, you know, similar to how he did tonight, he's not going to get the shots he got tonight, but he's just got to play with that hunger and that aggressiveness that he showed tonight, hitting that dive hard, hitting the hoop hard, attacking the rim. That's when he's going to be at his best. That three-pointer is going to be there for him. That corner three should be there for him all season long. Now we just got to see it translate. We've seen him do big things without DeMar and Zach on the court. Personally, I was at the game last year, the last game of the season. 
here in Minneapolis against the Timberwolves when everybody was out. But uh, he still played, and he dropped 38. And I was we were sitting maybe five rows up, so I had a pretty good, pretty good seat to it. And he looked amazing that game. I was wondering where the hell has this Patrick Williams been? And it's just a confidence thing with him. He just doesn't get the ball a lot when he's with Demar and Zach. So when he does have the ball, he feels like he needs to overthink things. He complicates things. I think we're maybe going to see him take a step up this year and realize that it's okay to make mistakes. Just be confident in what you're doing out on the basketball court. That confidence makes a huge difference, especially when it comes to a young player like Patrick Williams. We forget that he's only 21 years old. We act like he's 28, like he's been in this league for five years already, but he's only 21 years old. He's only going into year three. He missed most of year two. So I'm just saying, don't give up on the kid yet. Even if he starts the season on the bench, that might be the best spot for him with how good he looks when it's just him out there and he's not worrying about getting DeRozan the ball. He's not worried about Zach. He's not worried about Vooch. He looks like a player who can carry a second unit. So I'm kind of getting a reputation on Twitter as Patrick Williams' biggest defender. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. I just feel like I see so much negativity around the kid that somebody's got to stand up for him because it's not nearly as bad as Bulls Twitter would have you thinking with him. They'd have you thinking he's like Anthony Bennett out there, and he just ain't that bad. He's he's a good player, good defender, good athlete. I still see a lot of potential in his game. I still expect some pretty big things from him this year. Another Bulls player that I've kind of kind of been going at it with with people is Kobe White. And today you saw the, I saw the shot selection that I want to see from him. I did not see the shot making I want to see from him. He had a stretch in the fourth quarter where he hit two threes. That was encouraging. But for the most part, he was cold. He was pretty cold all game. And that's pretty discouraging. I mean, it's just the preseason. You can't read too much into the preseason. But that was kind of the theme of Kobe White in this preseason. As I loved the shots he was taking, I was not impressed by the ones he was making. He was taking a lot of good, aggressive shots, kind of filling that Ben Gordon role that I've been saying he needs to morph into. But the shot making just wasn't there. And he was getting open looks too. He just wasn't able to make them. And you saw it again tonight. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see. Because I thought Dragic played really well tonight. And I thought Dragic would be our in case of emergency guard. But if Dragic continues to play steady, bring that veteran presence, he can play the one and the two just like Kobe. If he continues to bring that and Kobe's shooting continues to be erratic, I think you might see Dragic as a regular, uh, regular member of this rotation. Not to mention Daylon Terry. He started the game. He wasn't as strong as a lot of Bulls fans were hoping he would be, but this game was a good reminder that he's a rookie. He looked good in his first couple of preseason games, but he has a long way to go. I don't think we're going to see him as a regular member of the rotation, but we'll get looks at him every once in a while. We just got to hope for that continued growth behind the scenes. A lot of the growth with him we're not going to see on the court. We're going to see it behind the scenes at practice. The veterans pushing him him pushing himself, how Billy works with him, how the assistant coaches work with him. Just fixing up that uh, that jump shot and getting some of his mechanics a little bit better. But based on what I saw from him this preseason, I think the future is bright for him. I just don't think he's a real contender to take away major minutes from either Kobe or possibly Dragic this season, barring an injury, of course. So I thought our guards were were a highlight of the preseason. Caruso tonight. Um, I looked up at one point, he had six points, eight rebounds, five assists, and that was in the third quarter. So it was just the most Alex Caruso game of Alex Caruso games. You saw him play in the passing lanes. He had at least three steals tonight. He's just flying around. Like I said, if he plays 70-plus games this year, 
that's going to be a huge difference for the Bulls because people forget Lonzo missed a lot of time last year, but Alex Caruso missed 41 games last year, and that kind of turned the season on its head last year. So we got Alex Caruso healthy. Io DeSumo stat-wise, he didn't look that great tonight, but when you're watching the game, you just see the uh, confidence he's playing with this year. He's much more sure of himself. His shot looks better. It looks a little bit quicker. He's much more aggressive with the ball. He's not looking to defer quite as much. And out of everybody on the roster, he still plays the best with Vucevic. The pick and roll between him and Vuce is uh, it's beautiful to watch. It's old school basketball. Those two play really well off each other. So I'm feeling good about their guards, especially after tonight. Io, Caruso, you can't go wrong with that one-two punch at the point guard. And then we get to bring either Kobe White or Dragic or a mixture of both, depending on whose night it is. And then even backing up that, we have the young, hungry, aggressive Daylon Terry. So the Bulls guards, they're going to be a bright spot this season, especially we haven't even talked about Zach Levine yet. He didn't play tonight. I'm not too worried about it. I saw somebody, I forget what podcast it was, but they were saying if it's game five and Zach Levine still looks sluggish, they're going to hit the panic button. Y'all got to chill out, man. The dude just had offseason surgery. He didn't get to run fives at all this offseason. He finally got that knee right. If he doesn't look good until the All-Star break, that's fine. Like, let him play his way into shape. Don't make him rush anything. Don't feel like he has to panic anything. We have DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is the alpha of this team. He's going to control this thing until Zach is feeling like Zach again. And we might not see it, you know, till January. It might be a sluggish start for Zach Levine as he works his way into basketball shape. But honestly, I don't care. If he saves his best basketball for... February, March, April. That's perfect. Last year, he played his best basketball in October and November, and he played some of his worst basketball down the end there. I would love to see a flip of that this year. If he starts out slow out the gate, but it allows him to pace himself and to finish the year strong heading into the playoffs, that's exactly what I want to see. And we all saw from DeRozan last season that he has the ability to pick up the slack when Zach's not feeling it. Based on this preseason, all three preseason games he played in, He scored more than 20 points all three preseason games he played in. He shot better than 50%. If you watch the games, he still looks like the same DeMar DeRozan. Age is nothing but a number for that man. So let DeMar take the reins. Zach's going to play himself back into shape. Hopefully the Bulls can finish the year strong. This game gave me a little bit of optimism for him. I mean, I know the Bucs had most of their guys out, but the Bulls still look fantastic, and you can only play the guys the other team suits up. You can't make them play Giannis. You can't make them play Middleton. You can't make them play Holiday. You can only play against the guys that the other team chooses to suit up. And the other team chose to suit up a bunch of dudes I never heard of before. So the Bulls looked good. They handled their business. Vucevic, I'm going to say it right here. Bold take. Nikola Vucevic is going to make the All-Star game this year. I'll say it again. Nikola Vucevic is going to make the All-Star game again this year as a member of of the Chicago Bulls. Preseason is very misleading, but I think you can look at what Vucevic did this preseason and you can see that he's kind of back to form. Last year was a weird year for him. He started the year hurt. He got COVID. He never really looked right after that. And uh, he was trying to figure out how to play with DeMar DeRozan, how to play with Zach Levine, how to play with some of these different pieces. He never got comfortable. This offseason, it looks like he's pretty damn comfortable out there. He He's fully confident in his game. He is going from the inside out. He is starting inside, and he is only shooting those threes 
when they're open and when the oppor- when the opportunity presents itself. Last year, he was outside working his way in. This year, he's inside working his way out. He's one of the best screeners in the game. He has a very nice mid-range game, a very nice little post game. He's been much more aggressive, and he looks better. You can tell he dropped probably 5 to 10 pounds, and he looks lighter on his feet. He's running better. He's moving around better. His defense looks improved. I'm excited about Nikola Vucevic. I think I'm I'm calling it now. He will be an all-star this year. He's going to average close to 18 and 10, and he's going to be an all-star in the Eastern Conference this year. Another bright spot on this team is Andre Drummond. I think I said last pod that I've clowned every single team that has signed Andre Drummond for the last five years or so, dating back to the Lakers. And I wasn't sure what to expect with the Bulls getting him. I got to admit, he's he's exceeded my expectations. Once again, it's only the preseason. We can't get our hopes up too high. But he looked damn good this preseason. Kind of like Vooch, he looked like he lost weight. He looks like he's moving a lot better. I remember seeing Andre Drummond on that Lakers team, and he looked fat. He looked slow. He looked out of shape. I watched him in the playoffs last year on the Nets. Same thing. He looked fat. He looked slow. He looked out of shape. This year, he looks in shape. He looks much lighter. Did y'all see that block that he hit? The old dude on the Bucks tried to rise up and pack one on him, and he just obliterated that thing. That was that was a sick defensive play. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. You saw AK, he was saying, coming out of camp, they were surprised at how good Drummond's pick-and-roll defense was because kind of the word around the league was he's that old-school big who if he gets switched out on a pick-and-roll, it's game over. It's barbecue chicken. But I think he lost a little bit of weight coming into this year, and he's able to defend that pick-and-roll a lot better. He's able to handle those switches a lot better. He's always been a great rebounder. He's averaged 16 rebounds a game, which is absolutely insane. He's done that multiple times in his career. He's only 28 years old. This preseason, he was throwing up some threes. He didn't make any today, but he was still shooting them. The shots still look nice. And uh, I think we kind of underrated how big of an upgrade he's going to be. Because if we can keep Vucevic right about 28, maybe 32 minutes tops in that 28 to 32 range, that's going to let him pace himself to keep that year going strong throughout the season. Last year, we were trying to throw Tony Bradley out there. That guy's a disaster. We're trying to throw Derek Jones Jr. at the small ball five. That's not going to work. He's way too small for that. Now we're taking those minutes. If Vooch plays 28 minutes, at least 20 minutes at the five, you give Andre Drummond those 20 minutes, he's going to get you eight points and eight rebounds pretty easily. He's going to get you a couple blocks. He's going to make some plays, and uh, he's going to make an impact on this team. I think we really underrated just how much of a step up it is going from Tony Bradley to Andre Drummond. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be something to watch for sure. I don't think Vooch is in any danger of losing his starting spot. I just think these two are gonna play nicely off each other. And I think there's gonna be certain matchups like uh like Boston, the way that they trot out Robert Williams and Al Horford. I think we can match that with Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic. There's gonna be some bigger matchups. We can throw the two of them out there, have Vooch play the four, and uh I think we're gonna match up a lot better this year with those types of guys. So yeah, overall it was, I would give this team probably a solid B plus a minus on the effort tonight. There was still some sloppiness, but I think that's pretty normal when it comes to a a preseason game, especially a game in which you're sitting your two best players. So still a little bit of sloppiness. They're going to need to work on the turnovers in the regular season, but it works out nice for them. They got to play tonight and then they get a week off before they play game one against Miami. 
I don't know about you guys. I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it is a great test coming out the gates. Miami didn't do shit this offseason. They didn't add anybody. For as much shit as the Bulls got for not making any moves this offseason, nobody said anything about the Miami Heat, and they literally didn't do anything. I'm trying to name one player they added on that team. They didn't do anything. But it's Heat culture. It's Jimmy Butler. It's Bam Adebayo. It's Tyler Hero. So they're going to get all the credit in the world from the national media. I think that the national media is going to be pleasantly surprised. I was listening to the Ringer NBA show today, and they had the Bulls ranked as the 18th team in the East. I found it kind of disrespectful. They were talking about DeMar saying this is the best DeMar that we're ever going to see was last year, and that didn't even get them anything. So what can we expect this year? I just don't believe that. That was arguably the best DeMar that we're going to see last year. But when they say that we didn't get anything from we went from a team that didn't make the playoffs for five years to a team that was sitting in the first seed for the most, the better part of the year before the injuries really ravaged them. So I just kind of think those dudes are kind of being a little bit disrespectful. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I don't know how much you listen to them, but Big Waz, he has, he has some atrocious takes. Anytime that I see he's on a podcast, I know I'm about to hear some bullshit. So I don't read too much into what the national media is saying about the Bulls. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think you look at the additions that they made with Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic. Andre Drummond gives them a great backup center. He might be the best backup center in the NBA. I'm trying to think who would possibly be a better backup center than him in the NBA, and I can't really come up with a name. So I think he might be the best backup center in the NBA. That's not hyperbole at all. Uh, They added Goran Dragic. He just brings another steady veteran presence if the game is getting away from him. They have a rough patch where things are just getting a little out of control. They can throw him in there. He can kind of calm things down. And then you just look at the guys on the roster. Vooch lost some weight. He looks much better. It's pretty obvious Javante Green worked on his three, worked to become a more complete basketball player. DeMar DeRozan, he always puts the work in in the offseason to better his craft. He's going to be a problem this year. We're getting Zach Levine back healthy. We're getting Alex Caruso back healthy. Ayo DeSumo looks much stronger. He clearly put on about 10 pounds this offseason. He looks stronger. He looks more confident. I think Patrick Williams looks a little stronger too. I think he might have put a little muscle on as well to match up with those fours a little bit better. And uh, we just got to hope we see that aggressive Patrick Williams. When Patrick Williams is aggressive, this is a hard team to beat. This is a very hard team to match up with when Patrick Williams is aggressive. I mean, think of the lineup they could throw out there. They could throw out Caruso, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic. That could be a good crunch time lineup. You have the perimeter defense on lock with both Caruso and Patrick Williams. And then you have all the shot making you need with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Vucevic setting screens, making shots when he needs to. That could be a very deadly crunch time lineup if Patrick Williams is being aggressive. When Patrick Williams is aggressive, it makes the defense respect him. It makes us have five guys on the court. The defense has to respect when he's deferring, when he's not being aggressive, when he's not playing with confidence, that makes it four on five basketball. That's one reason Javante Green has been able to outplay him this preseason for that potential starting four job is there isn't a single second on that court for Javante Green where he's not going out there thinking he's the best player on that court. You can see by the way he carries himself, by the way he runs to every ball, by the way he attacks the rim every chance he gets. He thinks he's the best player in the world. Is he? Not even close. But you have to respect the confidence that that man plays with. That's what makes him so special. 
in his game, the way he can hustle, the way he can attack after loose balls. It's because he genuinely thinks he's the best player out on the court. We need Patrick Williams to play with that same confidence. If Patrick Williams can play with that same confidence, that could take this team to a different level. I still think this team can be a winning basketball team with Javante Green, but the fact of the matter is Patrick Williams' ceiling is much higher than Javante Green's ceiling. Javante Green is pretty much at his ceiling right now. He's at the peak of his powers right now. Patrick Williams hasn't even touched the tip of the iceberg when you look at his potential and what he could be. So I think we need to see a little bit more of tonight's style game out of Patrick Williams, a little bit more of that aggression, a little bit more attacking the rim, attacking that offensive glass. And if he does that, the Bulls are going to be, they're going to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference this year. Um, I think before the season starts, because now we got a week to rest. I think that was a really smart thing they did tonight. Sin Demar, Sin Levine, just giving them that full week off to rest their bodies and get ready for that first game. But we have a full week off, so this weekend I think I'm going to record a little little season preview podcast, kind of dig in a little bit more to some of the other teams in the East and what they go, what they got going on. Because if you listen to the national media, they got the Bulls penciled in as a play-in team. I think if you dig a little bit deeper into the East, you'll find that the Bulls have very well have a chance to finish with a top four, top five seed in this Eastern Conference. It's going to come down to consistency. It's going to come down to injuries, and it's going to come down to continuity. How much are these guys able to play together? Last year, we had a bunch of injuries. We got ravaged by COVID. It was just a shit show of a year. It was like that for a lot of teams, so I'm not making any excuses. I'm just saying there wasn't a lot of continuity last year. This year, I think if the Bulls can establish some continuity, establish you know different lineups that work together the best, I think they're going to be a problem for a lot of these teams. The Bulls have elite shot making at a bunch of different positions. There's not a lot of teams in the league that can say that. I mean, look at their look at their upcoming game against the Miami Heat. How many elite shot makers do the Miami Heat have? Kyle Lowry, not that dude anymore. He's old. He's slow, um, and this isn't just a last year thing. If you watched him since the Raptors won the championship, he has slowed down quite a bit. Jimmy Butler, yeah, he is a great shot maker. He is that guy where when you are down two and there's under a minute left and you absolutely need a bucket, give him the ball, he's going to get you a bucket. Tyler Hero, elite shot maker. Uh, Bam Adebayo, we have not seen him be an elite shot maker yet. Duncan Robinson looks like the worst contract in the NBA, not an elite shot maker. Uh, Gabe Vincent had some moments in the playoffs last year. Still wouldn't put him in that elite shot maker category yet. Max Struess, same thing. Had some moments in the postseason last year. Maybe he'll have some moments this season. Not an elite shot maker. So on that team, they basically have Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero as elite shot makers. Now flip it around. Look at the Bulls. Zach Levine, elite shot maker. DeMar DeRozan, elite shot maker. Nikola Vucevic, elite shot maker. They have three guys who are guaranteed buckets. That's already more than the Miami Heat have. And then they have a bunch of guys who kind of fall into that Gabe Vincent, uh, Max Struess role, whether you're talking about Pat Williams, Javante Green, uh, Io DeSumo, Alex Caruso, guys who've proven they can make shots, but they're not quite at that elite status yet. So they have a lot of shot makers on this team. Defensively, they're going to be a sound unit. I don't know why anybody is underrating this Bulls team going into the year. I mean, I get it. Lonzo Ball might not play this year. That makes you think about this team a little bit differently. But I think everything they did in the offseason has kind of perfectly prepared them for the possibility that Lonzo Ball might not play this year. 
Io bulked up. He looks like he can handle those point guard duties. You heard a lot of talk the last few days about how he's in constant communication with Lonzo Ball, learning how to be a point guard, learning how to play his style of game. That's great for them that they got Lonzo mentoring Io. Alex Caruso, he can pick up the point guard duties. Uh, Goran Dragic, steady veteran presence. He's been in this league for 15 years. He's been an all-star. He's been on some teams that have made some deep runs. Those Miami Heat from the bubble, they don't make the finals if Goran Dragic isn't on that team. People forget what he did for that team, but he was one of the most important players on that bubble run. So he was a good piece. And Daylon Terry is the long-term Lonzo Ball insurance plan. So I get why people are sleeping on this Bulls team. I get it. You're going to hear a lot of NBA preview podcasts coming up soon from the national media. A lot of preview shows on ESPN, Fox, whatever. They're going to shit on the Bulls. That's just what they do. They did it last year. They called DeMar DeRozan the worst free agent signing in league history. They said Alex Caruso was an overpay. They said a lot of bullshit. We proved them all wrong. This season, they're going to say the same stuff. They're going to run out that DeMar's a year older. Lonzo's hurt. Um, They're going to say that Vooch still can't play. They're going to say this team doesn't have the ability to make threes. They're going to say a lot of different stuff. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I'm a little cocky as a Bulls fan, but I think this team has a chance to win a lot more games than people expect. I'm penciling them in for 45 right now. I'm going to take a deeper look at the schedule over the next couple days as I uh, prepare this NBA preview podcast. And uh, I'm going to see, but I think they at least got 45 in them. The East got a little bit stronger this year. The West got a lot weaker. I think the top teams got better, but the bottom teams got much worse. So I think there's a lot of gimme wins in the schedule this year as compared to last year. I mean, last year, you look at a team like the Indiana Pacers. That was by no means a gimme win, especially before they traded Sabonis. He always gave us matchup problems. This year, that's a gimme win. You look at the Charlotte Hornets, last year, they presented a problem. They were competing for a playoff spot all season long. This year, they're going to be lucky to win 20 games. So there's a lot more gimme games in the schedule this year. If the Bulls come out and they're making shots like they were this preseason, then I think this team is going to be fine. I think they're going to finish right around 45 wins. They can battle for that 4-5 to five seed. And I think they're going to shock a lot of people this year. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys supporting the pod. I'm connecting with more and more of Bulls Nation on Twitter every day. Make sure you follow at Bloody Horns Pod. And uh, let's just keep connecting. I I truly do think it's fun on Twitter to have like some good-spirited basketball debates with people. I find a lot of fun in that. Just seeing how people get so upset over Patrick Williams or Kobe White. At the end of the day, man, we all love the Bulls. We just want to see the best for the Bulls. So if I tweet anything at you that's disagreeing with anything you say, don't take it personal. If you disagree with some of my takes, no, I don't take it personal. It's a game, man. We all see this game a lot different. That's what makes basketball so beautiful. So we'll be back this weekend to uh, do a little season preview for the Bulls. Um, Y'all have a good night.